This is episode 44 of The Quest, Claiming the Marks of Christ. I think the place for me to begin this second podcast dealing with the stigmata, with the marks of the Christian, is by saying something that is probably shocking to most people. And it's this. Christianity is not about being good within or of itself or being a a good person, at least not in the sense in which most people mean or use the word good. In our North American culture, a good person is someone who is generally friendly, positive, kind, and helpful to others, and who has a basic a sense of honesty, fairness, and justice. A person of any religion or of no religion at all may be thought good in this sense. I know many atheists who are good people and who have been good to me. In fact, Greg M. Epstein, the humanist chaplain at Harvard Divinity School, wrote a uh, best-selling book uh, along these lines uh, called uh, Good Without God, What a Billion Non-Religious People Do Believe. Epstein is correct, as I have just noted, in saying people can be good and do good without believing in God or adhering to any religious faith at all. Epstein's book, however, is also full of rather disingenuous errors. For one thing, the book is based on the erroneous assumption that religious men and women think someone must believe in God in order to to be or to do good. And that, as already noted, is certainly not true of biblical Judaism or Christianity. And as far as I know, it is not true of Hinduism, Buddhism, or Islam. Epstein, uh, secondly, uh, seems to assume all non-religious people, about 16% of the world's population of 8 billion, are without God, are agnostics or atheists. The reality is that by non-religious, sociologists merely mean people who do not consider themselves the adherents or practitioners of any particular religious faith. It does not mean they are without God or that that they don't believe in God. Of that 16%, about 4 to 5 million are agnostics or atheists, most of them 200 million in China. The subtitle of Epstein's book, could more accurately have been what nearly half a billion people do believe, except there is no evidence that this half a billion all believe what Epstein says they do. Does he think the 200 million atheists in China endorse Western humanism or United States of American wokeism? Uh, That's a rather parochial view for a Harvard representative. Three, by a good person, Epstein appears to really mean someone who endorses, uh, as as far as I understand it, uh, 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 
what I would call, uh, and I, I hope correctly, the woke agenda. Apparently, you can be good without God, but not without embracing the religion of woke. One is left speculating over whether Mother Teresa was a good or a bad person. But I'm beginning to wonder. My point is simply that being or doing good in either the conventional or, I suppose, woke sense is not a mark of Christianity per se or of being religious per se. The first, simplest, and most definitive mark of Christian, uh, of a Christian, is obviously love. A new command I give you, Jesus says in John thirteen thirty four through thirty five, love one another, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. In Matthew 22, 36-40, Jesus gives the two great imperatives of Christianity, um, gives as its two great precepts, love of God and love of others. Love the Lord your God, he says, with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He said many more things along these lines, but they all emerge from these two great precepts. For example, in Matthew 5, 43 through 46, he tells the crowd that has gathered around him, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friends and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer, for then you're working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. God gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. Or in Luke 6.31, he teaches what is frequently known as the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So how can we know if someone is a follower of Jesus? By their practice of love. How can we know if someone has learned, internalized uh, the lessons Jesus taught? How are we to determine if someone is a Christian? By the love in them, through them, and around them by their loving in the same way Jesus loved, which is to say that they love as God loves. This is the sensual mark, the stigmata signifying a man or woman is Christian. But what does it mean for one person to love another or to love God? 
The two main words for love in uh, the scriptures, uh, in the Old Testament scriptures, are ahab and hesed. The first means a very strong feeling, including things like affection, sexual desire, and intense parental concern. It, it is a, an inner force which leads to a positive action or even to self-sacrifice in order to obtain the genuine well-being of a loved one. It is what compels a mother to rush back into a burning building to save her child. The second Hebrew word, hesed, depending on the context, can mean devotion, mercy, kindness, compassion, unswerving commitment. Used as love for God, both words mean we have aligned ourselves with the purposes, values, goals, will, and dreams of God for all humanity. The English word love in the New Testament as most people who have ever listened or slept through very many sermons know, is a translation of the Greek term agape. The Latin is caritas, from which our word charity is derived. Which is why in the old King James Version, 1 Corinthians 13, doesn't talk about love, but charity, caritas. The Greek actually had four uh, Greeks had uh, four different words for love, where we have to make do with just the one. The simplest and most concise way I can think of to define agape is acting without preconditions or thought of personal benefit to meet the legitimate needs of another where and in whatever way we have it in our power to do. Notice that this love is vastly different than uh, codependency or the sort of neurotic love that says, you must let me love you or I must get you to love me or I can never ever possibly be happy. I think the following quote from M. Scott Peck with a couple of alterations that I'm going to make. Uh, from his The Road Less Traveled is helpful and a nice description of love that includes its various aspects as feeling, commitment, choice, and action. Love, he writes, love is as love does. Love is action. It is a conscious striving for the beloved. It is willful thoughtfulness, properly planned and executed. Love is what is expressed in acts of love. It is volitional as well as emotional. When you love someone, ask yourself, what act of love have I done for them? When somebody tells you they love you, try to see beyond the words. Are there any acts in the foreground or even in the background? Love is not just a feeling that sits. It is a force that acts. Words of love, feelings of love, and falling in love are not empty, provided they are followed by relevant action. We can say then that to be a Christian is to follow the path of agape or caritas 
in the same way as Jesus. It is to love as Christ loved. In 1 Corinthians 13, St. Paul provides a list of characteristics of what love and is not like. A number of years ago, as a personal reflection on how this well-known Corinthian passage um, uh, on, on what it means, I, I pulled together some of the better word studies and commentaries and uh, paraphrased it as accurately as I possibly could. Each of Paul's statements about the nature of love, um, I, I, I tried to put in into my own words and, and to paraphrase as, as clearly as possible. And here's what I came to in my study. Love is patient, enduring the hard things, sometimes tragic things of life in such a way as to turn them into something shining and beautiful, appreciating and affirming life in the midst of suffering, waiting for answers to unfold naturally like an apple blossom. Love is kind, food for the hungry, shelter for the homeless, medicine for the sick, encouragement for the disheartened. It is gentle, it is strong, it is sensitive, yet sturdy. Love is not jealous. It is courageous, fearing no loss or separation. Love is not envious. It does not desire to possess what belongs to another if that results in the other's harm or hurt. Love is trusting and confident, poised. Love is therefore not boastful, arrogant, or rude. It is as gracious as a welcoming host and as appreciative as an honored guest. Love is not self-will. Love forgoes its rights for the sake of gaining the rights of others. Love does not insist on its rights if it harms or costs others their rights. Love knows that we are as small as the things we allow to bother us. Love is not, therefore, easily angered by every inconvenience, by every little thing that gets in our way or annoys us. Love lets go of resentments rather than nurturing them. Finds no pleasure in keeping track, like, a, like an accountant, of what our enemies owe us for the pain they have caused. And it finds no satisfaction when people act in ways that prove our negative opinions evaluations, and assessments of them were correct. Love finds pleasure whenever truth, justice, and goodness show themselves in anyone's life, regardless of who that person is or what the circumstances may be. Love supports everything that makes life worthwhile. Love believes that the center of everything, of all reality, is good and trustworthy, and that while the situation may not always be trustworthy, God is. Love knows that no person or situation is ever beyond redemption and is therefore always open to being surprised by joy, by truth, by grace. I would add to all of this, uh, 
that love also means, as stated in Scripture generally, uh, for example, Matthew 25, 27 through 40, to name just one instance, and in the baptismal vows of many denominations, seeking and serving Christ in all persons, striving for peace and justice among all people, and respecting the dignity of every human being. That is from page 305 of the Book of Common Prayer. Contemplative spirituality, Christian mysticism, is having a heart that is awake to love. If you see a teacher, an employer, or a president <laughs> harassing, demanding, or soliciting sex from a subordinate, then you know that person is not a Christian. If you see someone who thinks it fine to imprison immigrants in inhumane conditions to starve them, subject them to below freezing weather without coats, socks, or shoes, or to rip an infant from its mother's arms and cart it off to never be seen again, then you can be pretty certain that individual is not a Christian. If you see people who claim to be Christian yet whose consistent pattern is to put others down, to exploit and use others for their own sexual, materialistic, or egotistical gratification, who ask only what's good for me rather than what's good for us, are verbally, psychologically, or physically violent, who constantly feel angry, victimized, put upon, offended, then you may reasonably conclude that they are not Christian, since all of these things are anathema to love. If you see someone professing Christian faith, who is indifferent to the plight of the poor and the vulnerable, who would rather lower taxes or increase corporate profits than feed the hungry, care for the sick, shelter the homeless, or heal the environment, who sows discouragement rather than hope and encouragement or animosity, fear, and bigotry rather than goodwill, even if, it, if it's in church. In short, if you see someone who claims to be a devotee of the way, but does not love as Jesus loved, they are no disciple of Christ. They do not bear his stigmata. I will conclude this meditation by suggesting, if you, if you want to know what love is, uh, that you watch the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> you will remember the famous scene in which Forrest says to Jenny, I may not be smart, but I know what love is. And that's the truth. Love is as love does. There's not a single scene in that film where Forrest is not kind and generous with his love. In the next episode of Would, the, would It Be That Forrest Were Not Fiction? In the next episode, I will look at the stigmata of faith.